one. Welcome back to the Four Pod Men, the wrestling podcast we bring you each and every week on the Dynamo Podcast Network. Head over to YouTube, smash that subscribe and bell notification button. Audio versions of the show will be available through Anchor. And if you want to contact the show, you'll find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Joining me tonight, as always, my brothers in arms, the Four Pod Men. Tonight, we are going to tackle a very difficult subject tonight, a very difficult episode. But as you know, with the Four Pod Men, we don't shy away from any episode. We hit them head on and we give our opinion on everything. So tonight, we are going to tackle <coughs> Dark Side of the Ring. And I, I accentuate Dark, the episode on the one Grizzly Adams. Or sorry, Grizzly Smith. Where did I get Grizzly Adams from? Oh, anyway, yeah, poor Grizzly Adams. Yeah, poor Grizzly Adams. Yeah. A, re- a proper family man from the mountains, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's get into this, lads. Um, episode sort of opens up, um, and this is going to be a tough one, no doubt about it. Um, episode opens up, giving us a bit of background to Grizzly Smith and his history in the business, wrestling through the 60s and most of the 70s and the late 50s as well. Wrestled in a number of territories. Um, but it goes straight in. It, it cuts short pretty quick there. Um, after it tells us about the stature of the man, that he's like seven foot, he's a big man. Um, and kind of like, I don't know what way you would describe it, but kind of um, has a presence in the business, I would say. Um, and then it comes in very quick that he's the father of Rock and Robin, Sam Houston, Jake the Snake Roberts. And also Jake's older brother, Richard, who uh, never got into the business. Um, but it goes in straight away. It says that like the family wasn't close at all. These people basically don't really know each other. Mm. Um, they were kind of kept apart. Um, there was obviously reasons for that, obviously. Um, and it delves into kind of, I think it kind of starts kind of with Richard. It goes into Richard being the older brother and it kind of says he was kind of farmed out for adoption and kind of was put out of the way and he was never really interested in the business and he kind of gave the impression when he was being interviewed that he seen the business for what it was and he never wanted to get involved in it and kind of alluded to things if you like in relation to the business and jay come in talk about us this is a tough week it is it was a tough watch tough digest from you know, a family man from a family country, it was an, a very unsettling and uneasy view. Uh, Definitely. Jesus, where the fuck do you start with that mess? Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 you get the dark side of fame. It, I made a statement there a little while ago, which rang and resonated true. It, it, it's how easily the gullible are blinded when they refuse to believe or don't want to see. It seems to be this was the case with this man. He, you know, he wore his fame as a, as a, as a cape. You know, he, he virtue signaled and he did whatever he had to and he, he was everybody to everybody in his, in his particular career and his profession for ulterior motives. And it's, it's, it's fucking sinister. Mm. Like dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is, you know, if you were to pick an episode called dark side of the ring this is this is up there isn't it when you think about it this it's, is a, it's amazing it took them three seasons to get near the bastard yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's amazing I, it, lads it's amazing it took a show like this to get near the bastard like i 
I had read, um, now, when I say I'd read, I had read transcripts of stuff that was sent to me a long time ago. And I actually remember, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe it was you and me talking <clears throat> maybe nearly a decade ago about that. Yeah, it would have been off the back of the, <clears throat> yeah. it would have been off the back of, I mean, again, yeah. This is how salacious this story is. Just, just to put it into context again, we're speaking generation, generationally to people who are young and are raised on the digital era and everything you want is at a fingertip. Yeah. It was a time when certain releases from particular situations were hard to come by. And you all remember, man, the original Dark Side of the Ring was the fucking Beyond the Map. And there was different versions of that. We have a pro, a post WWE sanitized version of that. There was an original copy of that where there was a different Jake with a few different scenes and different interviews. That's exactly what the one we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who remembers that original release will remember footage of Jake smoking fucking crack on the thing. Back long before yoga was a thing, before redemption was a thing, before a new take and tale of the story was put out there. It was a different version of that that we all seen initially and originally that has been since fundamentally erased. Even if you buy a DVD now, you're not seeing the original version that that came out. And I think in our original conversation was on what we had seen and how shocking it was. You had to seek this stuff out, hard copy, to even be aware of it. And you knew when speaking to somebody, they had seen the original version or they hadn't. There's a much more sanitized version of that now. It wasn't the one we seen when it came out, Mark One. Oh. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it, it goes into then. Sorry. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. No, Do you mind if I just jump in there now? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, just uh, on on the reason that it took so long to get to to this, I have a suspicion that uh, the reason it took so long is they it, they were waiting to get enough people to talk about it because mm-hmm. I imagine they were trying to get people to talk about it. And people were like, no way. I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. Uh, not on camera anyway. And they, I think I, 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 that's my suspicion. Anyway. It took them because it's, Jesus, who wants to talk about it? Really? Joe, that's, a, that's yeah. a great point, Joe, especially yeah. with like off the back of the whole kind of speaking out movement worldwide and stuff like that probably was perfect time, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think I think that's what it was. I think it was just yeah. trying to get enough people to talk about it. And sure, like we've even had the odd conversation like, Jesus, should we cover this show? Because yeah. of how dark it was, like, you know, you know, so, um, without collaboration, it's rumors and rumors can go on unsubstantiated. Without people yeah. willing to put their story out there, it's yeah. it's just hearsay, conjecture, and fucking dust in the winds. And, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, it takes a lot to pull this together. I mean, that the the four the kids are focal to this one. That was key because that was key. That's absolutely key because if they don't come forward and talk. Then, as you said, Jay, it is all conjecture, really. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, there's none of this sort of, if you like, witness, if you like, you know. And Joe, to, to elaborate on your point, we still had people in this episode, you know, coming across that same way where they were given their opinion that they kind of weren't aware of it and stuff like that, you know. But then we get a kind of a flip side of it as well with Baby Doll, where she practically nearly witnessed it firsthand. You know what I mean? And it, this is where it takes a. But um, let, let's talk, first of all, obviously, you know. It does, I don't know, it does feel like the tip of the iceberg, by the way. It feels like the, the can's being cracked open and the guts have yet to be spilled out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it must have been, I mean, it must be so difficult for these three kids, you know, to be to be coming forward. I mean, obviously, 
you know, if you experience this kind of thing, you know, you carry it with you as baggage all through your life. And I suppose it's only by letting it out eventually that some of that kind of lifts, if you like, you know, when you tell your story. But um, it was interesting to see the dynamic between the four kids. You know, we talk about, like, obviously Richard, who was adopted out. And, and at the end of the, the, the episode, not to jump too far forward, but at the end, he comes back in and kind of says he was sort of his carer at the end and sort of his caretaker, if you like, that kind of thing. But he also alludes to the fact that he was the luckiest of the kids because he had been adopted out. And that sort of statement really rang with me in terms of how dark yeah. this was, you know, that the, the guy that was farmed out, not wanted and adopted off was the lucky kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it came true in the episode. Um, but it gets in. I mean, I suppose we know the background with Jake as well, because, I mean, on other documentaries, Jake has ta- spoken about how his dad told him he would never amount to anything. And I mean, they've alluded to the abuse that happened and all with the wife. And, you know, it kind of alludes to the fact that maybe it wasn't the wife. It was the dad pushing the wife towards this. And he was kind of maybe getting off on it or something like that. There was a kind of an allusion to that. Um, but yeah, I think I think um, when you listen to Jake, his 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 drive towards the business was to prove the old man wrong. And I'm kind of thinking, why would you want to prove to this man anything? This man is absolute gutter, sewage. And um, why would you want to prove him wrong? But I suppose with Jake being so encapsulated in the business um, and had such a great mind for the business as well, and it kind of comes across even in Jake's character when you think about it, and they allude to as well that Jake's character was so dark and some of it was obviously driven by this childhood and background that he had. He had no problem, character-wise, going to that place. You know, he, he in his own words, I think he said he found it very easy to go there. You know what I mean? Um, again, emphasizing again the dark side of things, you know? Um, your... Go ahead, Joe. Um... Joe, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, just uh, on the point you made about why you'd want to prove anything to someone like a man like uh, Smith. Uh, I, I, I'm just thinking, is there, is there a bigger middle finger you can give someone than being better at what they're known for? If you know what I mean, like Grizzly Smith was known as a buff wrestler and to go in and, you know, to go like, fuck you, I'm going to show you I can be better at this than you. And I think that's, I think that could be Part of the motivation was that he's, he was like, I'm going to show this guy that I, I'm going to be, I'm better than him. And this is how I'm going to show him that I'm going to be better than mm. him. what he's considered to be good at. But that, that mm. would be your traditional go-to, your traditional want in a, in a structure where you've got this man who you look up to and you're like, oh, one day I'll, I'll make you proud of me. But without realising that this man is already psychologically reprogrammed you as a human because he knows I am guilty I'm a bad son of a bitch I'm a piece of shit so what I'm going to do is psychologically reprogram all these kids to have a cut off point in their fame because if any of them ever reaches to a level of fame well then all it takes is for one conversation for them to peel the lid off my ugly sinister shit so it's almost like you would have inherently Reprogram, reprogram Jake 
and 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 his other family members for failure simply because them ascending over him in a level of fame globally could just blow the fucking situation, his situation out of the water. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? The last thing he wants is them to be bigger than him because they will have a voice far more heard than his. And if they have a voice far more heard than his, they get to speak about that shit. And that's the last thing a guilty man wants. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of wonder as, as the episode progresses and you hear about it more and more, you know, was there even an element of guilt there? Or, or to him, was no. it just not exactly, you know what I mean? So no, weird. a pathological history of that shit. Well, one of the things that I thought was really um, touching in the episode, and Ian, you might want to take this one, it's the one where Jake talks about he had a traumatic childhood. And he said he had to go away. He had to put away Aurelian Smith Jr., which is his name. And he had to sort of step out of that because it was too painful otherwise. And that's when he kind of became Jake the Snake Roberts. And he alluded, you know, he spoke about how, you know, the, the, the stand-in mother, if you like, when he had returned home from, I think the grandmother had passed away and he had to move back into the family home. Um, and the abuse started at, the, at 13 years of age, you know what I mean, with the... the stepmother if you like or whatever it was um, you know which it just that was a powerful moment for me in the episode in terms of him you know coming full circle on that if you like yeah uh, for me that was a big one uh, <clears throat> I suppose like on a personal level known people you know on a personal level that have gone through abuse and stuff like that and you know, look, there's there's levels, but at the same time, abuse is wrong, full stop, you know what I mean? And you don't know how it affects someone mentally, whether it happened one time, whether it nearly happened, whether it happened all the time. And I think this this show will probably resonate with so many different people, regardless of whether it's pro wrestling or not, you know what I mean? This is Joseph Fritzl shit, like, you know? Um, that's, that's kind of what I got from it. But uh, yeah, no, 100% with, with Jake, I've said for years, like, I've always been, like, someone that might kind of throw a Jake this, uh, you know, every now and then. And I think we all do it. But I think when we do look through it now, we see, like, the man. And actually, I think we alluded to this, Joe, didn't we, a few weeks ago when, you know, sometimes people get lost in, in the character. Do you know what I mean? It's like, who is Ian Kelly from the Dynamo? You know what I mean? Yeah, that 49%, kind of 51%. You never know exactly. where that 1% lies from week to week. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I also think... Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I've been guilty of doing it before in the past as well. I just... Like with, 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 with Jake, to finish the point there, with Jake, that was 100% him. He became that dark character because the darkness was in him from fucking birth. He never stood a chance. Do you know what I mean? He never stood a chance. Is his own stepmother coming in and basically raping him. I mean, that was very hard to listen to too. Um, yeah. You know, but, again, but even, you know, regardless we, we, of whether it was, yeah. no, I'm just saying, regardless yeah. of whether it was, you know, who cares about who made him do it, who didn't do it. That mm. It happened to the kid. You know what I mean? So yeah. Jake went in there and to be honest with you, I, it's very hard to not see why Jake is fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I think he, uh, I think he also uses Jake Roberts as a coping mechanism. Who? The dad? 
No, no Jake. Oh, Jake himself. Jake. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, he uses yeah. the coping mechanism. Yeah. So basically, I think what he's doing is he's boxing off what happened to Aurelian and kind of go, yeah. that's... It's compartmentalization. Yeah, yes. and I am... I am Jake Roberts. Yeah, as if it was you know, a I'm not, as if it was a Yeah, I'm not person. that exactly. Yeah. It's a, almost a split personality. Yeah. You know, that happened to that guy. It didn't happen to me. Yeah. happened to Jake Roberts. And, and Joe, but what I'm saying though, it, it, off the back of that, it's very hard then to have any kind of moral virtue because A, you've been brought up with no moral virtue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're learning your moral virtue in, as Jay likes to call it, a tank full of sharks. Do you know? And you're trying to swim with these sharks, especially back in the 70s and the 80s. So this is what I mean by the point that when you look at Jake Roberts... Well, you know, it's, it's, like, it's a very good point, Ian, you've, you've raised. Um, if, if, it's a very open letter, this whole yeah. situation. You've got... There's four kids who essentially three of them were all raised in the same... Well, you could argue five kids, one didn't survive... One was adopted via a very lucky, fortuitous circumstance. And then you've got the other three and they've all dealt with it very differently. Do you know what I mean? There's like, there's, it's just like a, a sheet of how each of them have dealt with it differently. And it's, it's unique. Yes. It's a very unique story, but it's rare in, in this situation as well, where it's so, like I said... Everybody had a different way, a different coping mechanism, or they were affected differently by the situation. And Jake was the one thrust into the limelight. He had to do his fucking horting and healing in front of a, a global audience, you know. Whereas Rock and Robin didn't get that opportunity or chance simply because of where women's wrestling was at the time. Sure. And obviously, as a female, her victimization would have been seen as differently. Yeah. Very true. Very good point, Jay. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. And, and that's something I was that's something I was gonna kind of uh, allude to as well. It's it's like there's no kind of um, there's no self help book that you can buy as to how you deal with this correctly. Everyone is different. I mean, the other lad was obviously an alcoholic and spent time. In, 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 Fucking yes, bless him. He never got the chance of fame. Yeah, even you know, though maybe, apparently he was the most talented of the lot. Yeah, and he was, and I, I like I, I, and, and the real, I wouldn't have been watching him live back then, but I have had the pleasure of watching, uh, watching tapes through tape trading back in the day, and watching his skills, and and to be honest with you, I didn't have a clue that Rock and Robin and him were Sam, you know. Sam Houston. Yeah. yeah, Sam Houston had no clue that they were brothers and sisters, obviously until later on, like much later on. Mm. Um, so this is probably very new for a lot of you know fans now but i mean it was kind of known probably in the sheets maybe in the in the kind of late 90s early 2000s that's funny i do remember sam from tv i've always yeah. had a soft spot for the yeah. cowboy gimmick and i remember him great looking briefly as well. great yeah yeah team. yeah another body. one of those yeah yeah he was one of those you know, kind of lads that would have fit in in uh you know over in the uk like with the, with yeah. the cowboy hat and all <laughs> with the bell terry gibbs yeah. Terry yeah. Gibbs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, no, I just Paul wanted to say that big for London. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say that though to answer Noah's question, just just where I felt with Jake, it was like, you know, and and we we've always actually we we've probably all been guilty of it too, not looking at you know the reasons as to why we look at Jake and the mess he's made and the lies he's told. I uh, one of, one of the things that really came across with Jake 
to me, and I've always like I've always been all about those two things there, the eyes. The eyes tell the story behind the man or the woman. Do you know what I mean? And you can always see pain behind Jake's eyes. And I think even with the Beyond the Mat one, if they went in hard there without telling the narrative properly as to why, and promoters would get this guy for fuck all. Um, I'm not going to mention that, but I know for a fact promoters that I know would go out and get him crack. No, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Joe knows what fed I mean. to get the game. Uh, and look, they weren't doing nothing wrong either. They probably just thought, ah, oh, look, that's that's Jake. Do you know what I mean? Or whatever. Course, but yeah. at the same time, when we take a step back now, we look at the fucking human being. I think it's a, you know, we talk about Warrior being a redemption story and rightly so. Absolutely rightly so. I think, um, and I'm sure we'll get to that at the end, Noel, but uh, yeah. I think Jake, with everything he's done to himself, to himself, um, you know, sometimes all I'm going to say is as humans, sometimes we forget, shit, this guy went through some shit and so did the rest of them not just jake obviously he's the, the biggest name you know out of the lot but the, the whole family uh, it was great to see robin looking like a school teacher i, was, I thought that was really cool she, she looked really well it was like she looked like she could be in a board meeting here she like. looks like the only one who's done any healing yes yeah. yes jay and also that's also, exactly. also came across in the way she spoke on the documentary as if she had um seek professional help in yeah. dealing with it already so she came across as if she had dealt with it and she was just regurgitating it out for the documentary um yeah. just just to go back on something um and it was kind of it was in my mind all the time when i watched the documentary i continually had to sort of nearly kind of go back and look at it in kind of 1950s eyes and forget that i was in 2021 in order to kind of correlate it back, if you like, you know what I mean? And the things I speak about, like, when they came out and they said Jake's mother got pregnant with Jake when she was 13. Mm. And I was going... And and it's the way it was kind of presented, like, well, this just happens. And, like, so long as the man stood by the woman, it was kind of okay. And you're there going, no. (laughs) But then again, you're trying to look at something maybe from the 50s and 60s, and correlate it back into twenty twenty one. Definitely different times, you know what I mean. Definitely different times, but that's not that's not like an excuse for. But times. Oh no, we're not making excuses in. at all. Oh no, me neither. No, I do. I, I I do. I again, I do have context for this from a historical perspective. There is a certain view, understanding, and aspect of Bible Belt America or or post. Reconstruction, South America or Southern America at the time. If you go back to 1950, 1960, the, the, the average wedded age of a woman would have been about 15 or 16. It's no different in context when you look at the age to how current America would say view the Muslim world. There is a thing there. It was it was almost like a it was a it was like a marry off young live, settle, raise children yeah. and live a life. Jay, me and like, you had that conversation on Elvis. You know, Elvis look, had him there, Priscilla, he, 15. He picked, Jerry Lee he, Lewis, 13, 14. He picked out Priscilla, but he waited until the time that she was... No, they, they did. They did, they, they did the courting thing with the parents and all. And he but this again, is... Well, like, but this is very fucking different. Like I said, there's context and time and how it was 
it's one thing to marry a young lady in 1956, Louisville, Kentucky, and then it's completely another thing to go through three or four, 15 or 14 or 13 year olds. Well, hang on a minute. One of the relationships. The one thing that, that made me sick, right? And Jay, everything that you said is I 100% agree with, because I've read Crossroads of Freedom as well, uh, which is a great book for anyone that wants to know about the, the, the battle of the blue and red states in America, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it puts a lot of context on that as well. Um, but just, just um, without getting political there, one of the things that actually made the hair on my arm stand up was the bit when he knocks at the daughter's door with the nine-year-old. Like, this lad is actually going out courting. Yeah, that's a little bit ahead, but you're not wrong. This guy was yes. a habitual monster. There's a difference between the context at the time, in the time, and looking back 50 mm. years to realising that's still fucking wrong. This is Jimmy yeah. Savile shit we're talking about here. Like, right? But yeah. again, the, 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 the two sides of the coin, this is how we're validating and justifying. It's one thing to look back and judge a time in its frame and say, you know what? That's not right. We can do that. We have the right to do that now. It is not currently correct. Back then, it would have been day-to-day shit. You know what I mean? It would have been... Well, in the 1990s, you certainly wouldn't be able to knock up to your daughter's door with a nine-year-old either. You know, but that's it, the but bit it wasn't even that. The, the one I wanted to... Lending context to the differences yeah. between a habitual... Yeah. Pedophile yeah. over his life. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay in the fifties. Oh, of course. Now, looking sure. back, yeah, 100%. It's not all right in any scale whatsoever yeah. right now. Hundred percent at all. Full yeah. stop. There's no Romeo and Juliet romantic bullshit. But now, in context, in this day and age, to look back fifty years ago, once fair enough, they lived until they were ninety-five. And they were buried together after 65 years of marriage, after raising a bunch of children. That's one thing. And we're back. I don't know what happened there. I got zoomed out, but we're back anyway. Um, Jay, just to reaffirm that point you were making earlier. Um, the scene that comes up with Baby Doll, which I think is kind of, again, it was shooting me back to the 50s and trying to comprehend. Like she was talking about, she travelled in the car with, with Grizzly um, and that uh, he would pull up at houses and pick up these young girls. Yeah. And the parents would be on the doorstep waving the kids off. And I was there, I was trying, as a father myself, I was trying to comprehend it going, even for that time frame, how does that seem right in any way? I don't think it does. And I think it lends credence to the fact that this man was obviously professing to be some form of preacher, man of the cloth. But as a man, as if I want to psychologically understand what this man is capable of, I was thinking about this all day and woke and from a negative perspective and I do not enjoy these dark thoughts and these dark days but unfortunately to understand a sociopath or a fucking asshole or a piece of shit like this you've got to comprehend what he's capable of before you can stop it to, 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 to digest this level of fucking maggotry you've got to understand and again in this country we know all about it and the, 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 the clergy and what they did to us and what they did to our country and it echoed 
loudly when that particular segment came along. I, I think these innocent, gullible, good-natured people were at the fucking feet of a predator who used to profess to be a fucking Jesus man or a, a good guy or a, a purveyor of fucking quantifiable fucking Middle Eastern fruits from a dead fucking book. And I think he was literally a predator to all a sundry. He was obviously a man who was very clued in on his particular habits and knew every fucking door and who lived there and knew every to put part. that to put what Jay said there in layman's terms as well was he was 100 million percent a manipulator yes all yes. predators are yeah. all predators are and there's a level of genius when they elevate themselves oh, to this level without a shadow of a doubt like it, I said I, I mentioned earlier he's a Jimmy Savile that's exactly what he was he had the keys to the kingdoms you know, and when I say keys to the kingdom, well, fame blinds the gullible. This exactly. man was not famous rurally. This yeah. man was trusted and beloved by his whole fucking area. Is fucking isn't is cold. It's, it's, Any it's, every house, every door road, every family, and he, and and he knew this isn't a man who was shopping at orphanages. This is a man who was knocking on doors of people who knew who he was. It resonates with 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 with, with the similarities with the likes of John Wayne Gacy and people like that. You know what I mean? Who were actual serial killers who took it to the next level, but they were always men of the people where they would get in. Yeah, but they they were, they were with the, no, but they get involved with the communities. Yeah. So like they were there. They were like trustworthy people. So they they had yeah, built they were, out, they were out front and center. They weren't exactly. They were and, and like they were like, how the hell could he be capable of that? You know what I mean? That's exactly the way it was. And it's it's. I mean, the wrestling community knew about it. And and like to to, to stick on point with the wrestling stuff as well. I mean, it's funny because I watched it with with uh, with the missus, and she was kind of going, well, why didn't the wrestling Wrestlers say that, and I was like, "Well, look, you're talking about a different time. This isn't like the, the Grizzly Adam. Well, Grizzly Adam wasn't sharing. That's a different conversation. Yeah, he wasn't sharing locker rooms with the likes of you know Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and you know all the big names at that point. He was no, the, no, no. these were these were like you know proper. We'll we'll get to that point in the conversation, but right now, fucking this piece of shit is cruising around, knocking on doors, or probably on dirt roads." with no neighbours for fucking five or six miles either side. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was dropping a couple of quid at some doors. And oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he was feeding on the gullible. This guy was a farmer of fucking misery. He knew what he was doing. He wasn't knocking on the doors who wouldn't have anything to do with it. He was a manipulator. For every fucking hundred kids that he was given, he probably picked and chose two or three after he seen the, the situations they came from to manipulate them. For every, you know, what I'm saying is this guy was farming and very good at it. And for every 99, he knew not to fucking interfere with. And Jay, can I, can I add, add to that as well? And it still goes on to this day as well. It's like they, they, they know where to pick as well. It's it's like, you know... He's a groomer. Grow. It's grooming. Yeah. He's an, it's a cerebral predator. But that's it. They talk about children going missing as well. There is so many families out there that are willing to give their kids up to this thing. You know what I mean? Because someone with a bit of fame. Some, and, sometimes gullible people have children. And when a man, a preacher, yeah. or somebody who professes to be the good Lord and... Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, we've seen it with, with so many things, with so many famous people, you know what I mean? People, they, they literally, they just be like, yeah, have my child kind of thing. And unfortunately, it sounds absolutely crazy, but it's fucking true. You know what I mean? And, um, and that's the scary part. 
it moves on to Robin then and he, he starts to target her and it goes yeah. through a point this is where we see the the real dark side of the psychology of the man really where he ignores mm. her basically for a month while he's grooming her and stuff like that and then yeah. eventually he moves in and she was left out in the wilderness if you like for this whole <coughs> month and then obviously he started making the moves and stuff like that and she couldn't process it because she was kind of the unwanted child and then all of a sudden she was the prize which is kind of not unusual in these circumstances when we go back and look at other sort of people and cases and stuff like that you know mm -hmm. this is kind of how it happens um, yeah. and it was it was obviously a very tough one for her to get into obviously you know this is, this is her dad but then it moves on she obviously alludes to the fact that she had the conversation with Jolene the, the older sister and that a conversation was had but not necessarily you know a direct this is how it is it was kind of alluded to um, and then the yeah. next thing we hear it, it kind of it looks as if the older daughter was about to speak if you like yep. and yep. the ne next thing she was kidnapped never found again presumed dead and it kind of the, the, the creative side of the documentary leaves it in your mind alluding to the fact that she was about to speak and it kind of got you into the feeling that maybe the Elfler had taken care of that can I take? Can I take this one? away. Anyone who wants to come in can come in on it. Yeah. And I don't take. I don't take it with pleasure. I might add. Um, I that was something that I really, really concentrated on. I watched it again today because I knew. Um, again, not with pleasure. Um, but I, I kind of went to that particular bit. And guys, you're you're more than welcome. You know, you're more than welcome to jump in at any time on this because I'm not an expert, but. When I was watching that, at first I was thinking, Jesus, was there something going on that maybe because they, they, they kind of give you the idea that maybe someone had a bit of an issue with him or something. Do you know what I mean? And somebody may have, you know, had 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 heat here and you're thinking, right, this is a perfect. And anyway, I'm, I'm muddling my words. The point I'm trying to make is that when the, the aftermath of it is where I just said to myself, this is my own personal opinion. It's not the opinion of anyone else. My own personal opinion is 100% he had something to do with it. Because when the dust settled, when they said he, he wasn't crying, he wasn't fucking, you know, he wasn't, you know, pining for her or anything like that. He wouldn't let them into court. Exactly, exactly. Um, and and like I said, I, I know someone that was close. Um, that was at one point in our life that was the same, had court cases and wouldn't allow the people that were close to them in court and no one ever knew about it and it was only when the dust settled and stuff happened in later life that we all kind of went that's why you know what i mean and this is yeah. the manipulation game so i 100 believe that uh he had a hand in that and, and as i said it's only my only my opinion so I no, I, I, I think you're 100 true i think the filthy dirty bastard killed her i think he had her yeah. off i think he realized that she was about to hit the fan and the, out of nowhere, a place where this kind of violent crime doesn't happen. Somebody is kidnapped, kidnapped. The only reason for a kidnapping of that level is a ransom. 
you figure if the daughter of a yeah. fucking professional wrestler is kidnapped, it's for a ransom. Yet they left the child in the trailer, and the cops couldn't put one and one together. It's like we haven't had anything like this in this county. We don't. Yeah. We're way above. You know, we're way out of our depth here. Out of our depth, yeah, exactly. And, and this doesn't to, happen here. Yeah, and it alluded to the fact that the dad had a relationship with the local law enforcement as well. Of course, he yes, did. he was balls he deep did. in the law. Yeah. And it also, it also talks about Richard. Richard comes in, who was very close to Jolyn, and he talks about how he wanted to bring the case to unsolved mysteries, and the dad was yeah. having none of it. The dad that was the bit. That was the bit for me yeah. that I went no. Mm. Quite clearly, this man doesn't want certain things getting out here. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, his story on national television with his picture and him as a talking head saying, "Somebody, please, you know, she's out there, bring my daughter back." And then you've got. A pathological fucking psycho like that with his face on national TV, and you've got a load of fucking victims going, That's him. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Jay. One million percent. I, I think the one thing, and it's hard to say that I liked in the documentary, is once all that was done and they had gotten that on the documentary, if you like, it did start to move into the wrestling side of things um, and how it reverted back to what they had all experienced. So it starts talking about Jake and how he brought the, the dark character to the ring. And yeah. it, it spoke about the importance of the snake bag and creating fear and sort of yeah. distracting people away from Jake and stuff like that, the iconic snake bag and stuff like that, more, you know, um, which I thought was a, an interesting dynamic to the documentary, really, you know, because yeah. even though it was talking about those things in terms of character, it tied real nicely back into the history that was presented previously in the documentary, which I thought was, not that I'd say I thought was cool, but I thought it was fitting, if you like, you know? Yeah. Um, and it also talks about Robin as well and her career she had in WWF. And, you know, then Cornette comes on and he talks about Sam Mewson. And I was we alluded to already how Sam was probably the best worker out of the trade really, really looked the part and, and out of the trade and really could have been a star in Jim's um in Jim's eyes. Um and then it, it's caught it's caught go it goes into Sam's life and you know how life kind of broke down from and you know he found solace if you like in alcohol and got into trouble and served time and you know just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled and and there's kind of parallels between that and jake as well because jake's jake's kind of life at the time as well was probably quite similar bar the kind of having to serve time and the 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 stuff with the law and all that kind of stuff but there's definitely parallels between both their careers except jake had kind of found refuge in the wrestling business if you like we it's it's funny Again, I, I look, I find it difficult at times to separate Jake the victim from from Jake the manipulator. I mean, I feel I feel like again after watching that episode, I feel like he could have done a hell of a lot more to perpetuate his brother's career in ring in the early days. Now maybe he wasn't there from maybe he didn't feel like it was that at the time, or maybe he was too balls deep in addiction. And the fact that he's blamed everything all and sundry whenever anybody asked him about it. He, for an awful long time, he blamed everything on his addictions. And, and, and we now know that there was a bigger core root of his troubles. But it was like, 
Jake had the size, the scale, the skill, and the ability to move to other territories and just roll with the punches. Whenever his own name and nature got him into too much trouble, he'd go off to the next territory or he'd go off to fucking England or he'd go off and continue to be this fucking Jake the Snake Roberts character and earn enough money to keep himself high perpetually for fucking 25 years. Whereas Sam never got that. He didn't have the size. He wasn't moving around the place. So he just kind of had to entrench himself in whatever was available to him at the time after his WWF run or WWE run or WWF at the time. And he never got the chance to roll away and escape with a gimmick or a character and make money. Do you know what I mean? Like he never went to other countries where his size wasn't an issue in being a superstar. It was, I'm here. I'm in this particular bubble of industry. My bubble's burst. Now I have to go to jail. I've been dealing with the same troubles and problems that other members of my family have. I just haven't had a lick of the fame they have. And I'm probably not as aware of the troubles that they are. But here I am. I'm in jail. I'm trying to kill myself. I never had an opportunity to travel the world or be a famous Sam Houston fucking wrestler. I just I, I pity them. I want his story. I'd like his story alone, away from these other stories. Rock and Robin had a chance. The world wasn't prepared or facilitating for women's wrestling the way it is now. But she got herself over it. She got better. Jake. But I would I would also add that that's not Jake's fault that Sam Houston, you know, didn't. I mean, I don't believe I said it was. It's no, no, no. The breaks Jake did. I'm not. I'm not saying you did. um, But at the same time, he didn't also. He also didn't have the same mind that Jake did. One thing that Jake was. Let's let's kind of put Jake over a little bit here, and I'm sure maybe one time we will do a, a Jake uh, Jake show. But I mean, when when people talk about his psychology, and you look at his early promos, even there is not a man that can touch him when it comes to that intensity, and his words wallow always, in the mud of avarice. Yeah, he's he's he leaned heavily on he, who his father was for his gimmick. He's like our very own Jay Kennedy in that sense, you know what I mean? He's just great with it. No, and, and I mean that as a tribute, Jay. Um, no, very good with words, very well read and very, very in, in tune with his own character and what his character can do. Um, and, and I 100% agree with you, Jay. I, I'd love to I'd love to uh, deep dive into Sam Houston myself, maybe, and go back and, and, and look at some of his stuff. But I, I do think... His story but, but, is as fair of an airing, his yeah, own story, just, away just, from the others. Just to, to just to go on on that point, I think it's it's Noel mentioned earlier on at the start of the show. This family weren't close, so like Jay didn't feel Jake didn't feel like he owed anything to Sam Houston or to Rock and Robin. Like it was like these are these are grown up in separate lives. You know, this isn't the Hart family or the Von Erics or you know, it's. Yeah. Completely different. No, no, you're 100% right. It's not failure through association. Yeah. It's failure through individual compartmentalization. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and, I find it intriguing. And they're still mm. trying oh, me to, come, too. and they're still trying to come to terms even now with actually yeah. being family. And that came across in the documentary as well that when you listen to Robin, she, you know, she alludes to the fact that maybe one day, but it's, it's, you know, these, these are like, three people that never knew each other, you know, the group. Exactly. They're strangers. 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 And, and, you know, still to this day, 
there's an estrangement there, you know what I mean? It's 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 an interesting dynamic. And also the parallels even with, with Robin, like she found solace as well in the bottom of a bottle as well and had to find a way to get over it as well. Actually, I wanted to ask Joe about that, actually, because I was thinking that, like, there, Joe, when you were looking at that, when you look at the tree parallels, the way the tree in them were basically alcoholics. But obviously, Jake had, he basically, he said his main addiction, obviously, was cocaine and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, it, it's it's like the Ozzy Osbourne thing. There's not one without the other. Surely because Sam couldn't afford a different addiction. Yeah. He, bought, exactly. he, got, he hooked, got hooked on the cheapest one available to him. Exactly. Because there was no money from his career. Exactly. I just wanted. I, I'd love Joe to kind of talk about that as well. Um, I don't. I don't really know what to say about it, you know, because it's um, like it, it was one thing that I found really heartbreaking. It's like that they were estranged from each other, which you know they that they couldn't sit down. They they'd all had a very harrowing time, and yet this one monster in the middle that you know kind of destroyed all of them, and yet they can't. They couldn't. They don't seem to be able to come to terms with each other, you know. And I, I don't know if maybe when they see each other that they're reminded of that monster. Mm. And so they just disassociate with each other to keep him out of their out of their mind's eye. If the you know monster I mean. at bay type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. if I don't if I don't talk to Jake or Sam, I can I don't have to think about dad. You know what I mean? And because you, you can put the conversation away. Because if yeah, you, exactly. you can just, them, this is going to be the conversation, isn't it? The conversation is not, not going to be, not, well, not how are you, it's yeah. not going to be how are you getting on open WWF. It's, no, going, to be, I, I, it's going to be about the monster, isn't it? If they yeah, no, I, I, I don't even think it's, it's, it's as much that, no, that they, they don't need to talk about it. But I just think that them being around each other is kind of a reminder that they, their connection to each other is, has an awful lot to do with that guy. You know, regardless of whether they talk about him or not, mm. that connection is there. That you know, that connection is in the room. Like you know, if, if you know what I mean. So they just. They, oh, sorry, Jay. They don't want no, to address already, the elephant in the room. I yeah, think. I think. I think. Better. Just to contextualize what I was just saying, and in, 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 in a more simple term, is I think Robin and Jake have been allowed to heal with a global audience, and Sam is still somewhat the dirty, shameful secret in the corner. If you know what I mean. Yeah, like if, if if it wasn't for the dark side of the ring, we know Rock and Robin is. We've watched her; she's still kind of, I'm not going to say celebrated, but somewhat early days of women's wrestling televised. I mean, I remember, I remember from DVDs and TV and stuff. I remember Sam as well, but only because of the gimmick. If it had just been a fucking Joey Jobber in a jacket and jocks, he'd be nobody. But the other two have been allowed to kind of somewhat heal globally through what the business facilitated and allowed their platform of healing to be. Mm. The other fella is just a cunt in the corner who happens to be related to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. because I think if you look at it as well and you listen to the three of them talk, you know, Jake has his view of it, which is very similar to Robin. But Sam still, he holds the dad in regard. It's like it's but, a kind of, Noel, it's, it's kind of like Noel it's a naivety, isn't it? That he doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't want to accept that. He wants to turn around and go, well, he was my dad. He was 
he was that wrestler. He was that star that I yeah. wanted to be. Oh, it was the and little one. I didn't see what they seen. Yeah, but yeah. there could be an argument then made by someone watching that show. There could be an argument made then that the fame actually made Jake worse because he had because he had the money. You know what I mean? Yeah, I said, I, I look. I would have uh, have two different opinions on Jake in that respect. I'm not looking to lay blame on the man's feet. But I think there's not a little you're bit a more. Fan, you don't not today. <laughs> well, I don't have to. That thing has nothing to do with this thing. It's a. Uh, I think Jake is a master manipulator, even far past his addiction, his grievances, his history, and who he is as a person. Because he was it, brought up in that. Because he was brought up in that. Oh, listen, I'm not looking to lean left or right. I can only tell you how I yeah. feel. I'm not. Again, yeah, I think. I'm not. I, I think if you're going to go down that road, if you're going to go down yeah. the road that Jake went down, um, I accept your point in as well. That kind of being and that making that type of money and stuff like that made it that bit easier. But I think if it wouldn't have helped. No, it wouldn't have helped. But I think if you're in that dark place and you're that kind of person and you're trying to deal with that stuff, I think you'll find the money to get yourself to that place, regardless. Because we, it, you'll start to lean weird. on excuses yeah. more so than look to heal them. Yeah, there is a void. One hundred percent. No, no, Jay. One hundred percent. Without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not. Listen, this isn't. I'm not in the Jake. Uh, Jake yeah. Roberts fan club here. Like, I don't think he's a good person. I don't think he had a good start. I don't think he had a good middle. I don't think he'll have a good end. I think he's leaned too heavily on excuses and burned too many bridges behind him. After his excuses have let themselves down, and I, I, I don't really want to get into it on this one now. To be honest with you, with, with well, that's your choice. But I'm talking yeah, because I mean, my opinion. We, I'm not looking we, for agreement. Oh no, hundred percent. I don't need you I mean, to agree on how I feel about them. Yeah, like because you, you know, listen certain, to my opinion. Yeah, hundred percent. I know. I respect Excellent. it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think, gee, like I said, there's different people who facilitate different aspects of the personality through addiction. Through leaning on excuses and through wanting to heal. This is not a judgment statement. Jake's nearly there, but there's times when I look at Jake and I say, You're still not there. And I want him to be there. I would love him to be there. And the only person who'll know he's there when he's there is him. But he's used excuses perpetually from about 96 on to continue to lapse into old behaviors. But we don't we don't have the right to tell him not to use them. Because, like we yeah, said, this story, this, story, this story tells the truth because the previous dark side stories with the warrior, with Owen, with you know, with um, what was the other ones? No, we had um, Brian Pillman, hmm. like they're not the same stories, they're not the yes, same. And no human's progression is top yeah. trumps, exactly. So, like, but nobody end, has excused themselves out of excuses to the point where there's a new one needed, quite like Jake. He has been at the cusp and the helm and been given so many chances at redemption that he's refused an awful lot of times. Listen, thought, not only human. Jake, I thought Jake, when he said, he basically said it, I'm a liar, I'm a thief, I'm a junkie, I'm a drug addict. How much more honest do you want? You can't get much more honest than that. And even in that, there's a fucking excuse. There's a time in every but man's The warrior life. had anxiety. Is that we, name coming we, we up again? Him a pass. Oh, oh, fucking Christ. 
Come on. Are they all going to be warrior episodes from here on? Well, yeah, like because I mean we're we're talking yeah. about the actually okay. suffered here. Are we not talking about Jake? Yeah, but like you're not willing to accept that this man is literally. I'm obliged to accept anything. I personally thought he laid his heart on the line in that show. He did. Well, he definitely. No, he definitely did. But I think, I think there's there's two facets to this. The the story has been told. There's reasonings behind that that this path he was on. There's reasons beside how things went skewways. You know. You can make excuses if you want to call them excuses, but the reality is this is what happened in his life. And because yeah. this happened in his life and because his life was so dark, there is times where you will potentially slip back in there. I don't know if you've le- if you've lived a life like his, whether you can really get rid of it off your back and say, I've arrived at redemption. No, okay. but it looks like he's trying. Yeah, so. he, he's definitely trying, but I think I think I, I think what Jay, I think. Where Jay is coming from, Jay wants Jay to find redemption, but he wants to believe that that's what it is and that he's going to be able to deal with what happened and move on. And my point would be that I don't know whether the depths of the darkness of that, whether you can actually really ever move on fully, if you like. I think there'll always be that little bit there beside you to say. Well, can I ask a question then? Can I ask a question? In the last five, since the documentary, since the EDP has got a hold of him, and there's been, in fairness, we're not going to say it on the show, but there's been some words thrown about about Jake and not having this and not having that. Um, Has there been anything dodgy about Jake at all? Not really. Not really. He doesn't need to convince me. He needs no, to no, convince I'm himself. Saying a, I'm saying a, I don't need to convince myself. I don't have a Jake I'm talking about t-shirt. Jake, not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have a Jake t-shirt. But at the same time, you're looking for reasons here. It sounds like the two of you are looking for reasons to like still hold them accountable to something. I think it's quite ridiculous, actually, the argument that we're having. I think Jake quite we're clearly is shown that he's on the right path. How we individually believe. Yeah. This isn't a yeah, discussion. Well, well, it's not well, going to be viable. I'm answer. reacting. Yeah. Well, I'm reacting to what you're, you're saying. You're allowed to. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm saying, I think quite clearly, to me, Jake is 100% on the path to redemption without a shadow of a doubt. There's not been any fucking stories about him falling off the wagon, especially in the last five years, going off and doing this or doing that. He's been there. He's been working in the company in AEW. In fairness, that's great for him because it's a steady job. It's keeping his mind where it needs to be. And I'll be honest with you, I think he looks like a guy that is fucking without a shadow without trying to. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I, I, that, that's taking that away from him. Yeah, there's no, you just there's no argument about Nobody's that. Nobody's taking No, I don't know him. what the conversation is then. No, the, the conversation is if Jake is saying that he's on the path of healing yeah. and he's doing good and he's trying to get his shit together, that's fair enough. But I still wouldn't lend him a fiver. Fair enough. Well, there's, there's levels. That's fair. No, I, and Jay, I actually get what you mean by that. Well, people, people, 100%. Have, people have different levels of forgiveness and diff, different levels. Absolutely, of, absolutely, and that's fine, and that's that's what makes us all unique, you know. Um, but I, but I do think, I do think he's definitely on the path to redemption. But again, you know, there's reasons there to be skeptical. You know what I mean? In terms of, we've seen stuff before, but that doesn't necessarily. It's only when he dies that we'll start giving him. It's only when he dies we'll give him the respect he, he's due, I think. He doesn't it's, need it's to die for me to world. trust him. It is. It's That's what's going to happen. It's only when Jake the Snake passes 
that people will go, oh, Jesus, he did live his, his life fairly well at the end. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's you're entitled to your opinion, and they're as valid as any. That, that's not something that's unusual in the wrestling business anyway. No, not so at all. That's fair enough, you know. Especially recently. Mm. So we, we roll around to 2010, and Grizzly passes away uh, due to Alzheimer's disease. Um, no rest in peace for that fuck. And this is where we this is where we see um, Richard coming in, being very powerful in the documentary here, because he sort of like he was in the early stage of it where he farmed off in the Doppler and then he, he kind of drifts in and out of it like that that outside zone, even though they're all kind of outside each other, really, if you like. But um, he talks about how he how he was his caretaker until the final days. Um, and he's he's asked to comment really on the passing of the dad, and he says being the son that was adopted out I was one of the lucky ones which means he has that understanding of what actually happened um, and sees himself as being the lucky one the one that was farmed out was the lucky one you know which which I thought was very very powerful in the document yeah, really really I agree. powerful yeah. um, and, and probably a key moment in the documentary that actually demonstrates the level of abuse that went on and stuff like that, that if you're the forgotten child who got adopted out and you're the lucky one, good Lord, what did these kids endure, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's kind of what I took out of it. You know what I mean? I know, you know, even in discussions here tonight with you guys, and I know we cover many podcasts and many aspects of the business. Um, but I think, it's really, really important at times that we cover these difficult ones as well um, yeah. and voice our opinion, even though they're not that easy to watch <coughs> and not that easy to talk about, um, especially in 2021 and in previous years where we've seen what's been coming out across the board. Forget about even pro wrestling. Um, these are always... In general, very, yeah. Yeah, these are very difficult subjects. So I would kind of... Thank you guys for this one because this is one that I suggested will be one to do and will be a difficult one to do. Um, and what I would also say, if there is anyone out there at the moment who is being abused or has suffered abuse, come out, talk about it, talk to someone, try 100%. and get it out there 100%. Find someone to talk about. There's people out there who will listen to you. And the bravest thing you can do is find a family member. Yeah. Right? regardless whether it's yeah. an aunt whether it's a friend whether it's someone and just literally make the yeah make the plunge and, and say that i would agree with that and in yeah. fairness i just want to add to that noel as well it might seem like some of us tonight in fairness doing our usual pod men we would go and have our debates and stuff like that and you know be at each other's throats like and, and you know it may have came across with that but like even with me and jay having our or de debates about things and that's what I think about it is it's debates there's no disagreement on this do you know what I mean no, no. there really isn't any disagreement on this because this is a really really difficult one to uh, to articulate especially when you've got four men talking about it with different viewpoints on it and how we view kind of how someone should react to it but the fundamental uh, I suppose the, 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 the center of all this is the fact that it is based on one man who was an absolute uh, a Satan spawn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, we all we all circumvent a different way of getting to the exact same opinion. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. So we all have a different path when we watch these, and that's the dynamic of our podcast on the format, yeah. is that we all view things in a slightly different way. But on these kind of subjects, these tough, dark subjects, we all arrive at the same finish line, if you like. Joe likes to use the word uh, moral compass, and I think that's exactly Joe, apropos for this one. Joe, what, what was the quote I was asking you about before we started the show? All that evil needs to prevail is for... Good men to do nothing. And, uh, yeah, I think there was a lot of blind eyes turned to what was going on. A lot. Yeah. I really do. Too many. Too many. Yeah, I, I, I really think so. Uh, Cornette mentioned how people make jokes about him having young ones on his knee and reading Bible verses to them and stuff like that. And, you know, that I think a lot of people just didn't want it. Didn't want, yeah. didn't want to know what was happening. Sat boy so they, and watched. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say they watched. They, 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 well, they, no, no. they turned their back to it and they just... Yeah, I pretended it wasn't happening, you know. And I think casual that, indiscrepancy. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they they just wanted to uh, just pretend it wasn't going on because it's it's hor- it's so horrific. They just didn't want to think someone they knew would be capable of something. Yeah, like. I'd agree with that. And uh, just on what Niall and Ian were talking about earlier, but you know, um, just uh, about if if you have ever suffered abuse or currently are that just find someone you trust or there's plenty of services out there to get in touch with uh, please do it's it's uh, imperative you do for yourself and you can stop other people from being abused too you know you can stop that person from doing doing it to anyone else um, I think we can probably link some um, some stuff in the in the description this possibly, one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, and another thing I want uh, just a quick thing um, that I, I, I heard at least once uh, could have happened more, but um, Grizzly Adams' name got dropped a couple of times by accident, and uh, just like to issue an apology on that because uh, I'm on the part of the four pod men. It was strictly a mix-up, but if yeah. anyone, if, if by anyone that did say it, it's uh, Grizzly Smith, as we all know. But I did, I did hear it at least once. Grizzly Adams was good mountain people. Yeah, yeah, but I just wanted, I just wanted to throw that. that it's an apology from all four of us. Yeah. I would agree the, with that. The name got dropped by accident, and uh, yeah. it was yeah. just a mix-up. Yeah, one hundred percent. As always, man, on these episodes, this is the time where I normally say it's been a pleasure, but I know this one has not been a pleasure. It's been a difficult oh. week, and if any of your viewers want to drop any comments or contact us, hit us up and let us know. And um, we have no problem discussing the tougher top topics that come out of the business and stuff like that. Dynamo Podcast Network on YouTube, as always. Anchor for audio versions of the show. This has been your four podman review of the dark side of the ring, Grizzly Smith. Till next time, man. Cheers.